conversation between me, your host, Eliza, and a very special someone in my life today, that being the doula that held me during my birth process. And I am so excited about this conversation because not only someday will you, my son, Cheyenne, listen back to this and know even better the person that helped bring you into this world but also for anyone else that might be listening this conversation is full of so many wonderful little tidbits about giving birth about all of the different ways that birth might look like about why a doula might be impactful in your life and about why having a doula was such an impactful part of the journey for me Choosing a doula is such an intimate and unique experience because there are so many humans out there these days that have decided to become birth workers and who have felt called to it, which is incredible and it can be overwhelming. But I hope this conversation might help you realize that it's all about finding that human that is a perfect fit for you and that will energetically be exactly what you need in the unknown experience that is birth. And without further ado, I want to let this conversation happen because it was so good and listening back to it has brought such a smile to my uh, face tonight. So... I hope you enjoy meeting this beautiful human that I am so grateful to have in my life. And we'll start off with a prayer and get right into it. I hope you enjoy. Start breathing into that space behind our heart, connecting into this deep inner wisdom, this deep maternal wisdom, this deep intuitive wisdom that all of us have, and especially those of us who have traversed the path into motherhood and parenthood, that there's this whole world outside of us and around us that might invite this idea that it has the answers but that in truth, all of the answers are in here. And so today offering this prayer that when we have this beautiful conversation of connection, may we share from this place of inner knowing, from our own truth, knowing that that may not be a universal truth. And sharing the parts of our journey that may reflect, inspire, challenge those who are on their own journeys so that we may all truly support each other along this way. It's not about doing things the same, but 
it is about sharing what has worked for us and what hasn't worked for us so that someone else may be able to cultivate their own ideas, their own inner knowing as a reflection of that. I'm just offering deep reverence and gratitude to this amazing soul, Ness. I'm so grateful for you for being the doula for my rebirth, for Cheyenne's rebirth. So endlessly grateful for everyone that this path has brought me. And I couldn't be more grateful that life brought us together many years ago so that we could be a part of this chapter together. And with that, <laughs> hello. hello. Hi. I'm so happy <laughs> you're here. <laughs> Me too. So for those who are not aware of who this other voice is on the line, <laughs> um, I am in conversation today with my beautiful friend and doula, Ness. Welcome, Ness. Hi. <laughs> this Thanks is the birth me. of a son, and and Ness was present for Cheyenne's birth. However, mm-hmm. Ness has also birthed their own <laughs> humans, and I want to give you an opportunity to just share a little bit about who you are uh, and sure. let everyone fall in love with you the way that I already have. <laughs> Thank you. Love you too. Um, yeah, so I'm Ness. I use they them pronouns, identify as non-binary. Um, a mother of three beautiful little beings um that are wild little ones <laughs> traversing <laughs> this world. Um, ages seven, five, and three for now. Oldest is almost gonna be eight here soon, which blows me away. Whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, highly passionate about birth and the whole process of birthing and postpartum and parenthood. And yeah, I'm a birth doula, um, a lot of other things, a <laughs> musician, um, uh, yogi, uh, yeah, a partner, just a lot of different things. <laughs> Walk a lot of different walks, but um that's kind of me, I guess, in a nutshell, so to speak. <laughs> you are so multifaceted and so multi-layered, and that's why, you know, I loved you when we first came together. We met in the yoga space many mm-hmm. years ago when your second was being born is when we really started collaborating more because I yeah. subbed for some classes for you uh, while you took time yeah. to be reborn right. as a mother yet again. Yes. And we took the um, yin training together when I early on in that pregnancy too. Oh my gosh, that's um, right. Yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> that was so beautiful. And I love that at that point yin was a teeny teeny little fragment of mm-hmm. the work that I did. And definitely in motherhood, yin has become oh, that yes. primary focus of yes. if you only have a few minutes find yeah. one pose stay there yeah. for as long as you can until someone needs you and release <laughs> release release <laughs> yes yeah it's the slowdown the slowdown is so needed in parenthood Absolutely. for sure 
Well, we can dive into all of these parts of you. And let's start with the path that brought you to being a doula, to being so passionate about the birth world. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of it has to do with my own birthing journey. Um, I will not get into my birth stories a ton, um, but I I had three really powerful birth experiences. And um, my first, although they were born prematurely, it was still a very beautiful birth. And I felt most in my power during that time of his birth. Um, and I knew that I wanted that so much for other people. Um, And then I went on to birth my second child, which was a very redeeming birth. It was everything I had. Some of the things that didn't go the way I had originally planned with the first went um, exactly how I imagined in the second birth. Um, So it was a very healing process. And that then I knew I just, I had to make that a priority to do that. So I started my doula training when she was like six months, I want to say. Um, and then started to get to have the beautiful honor of witnessing birth, which just continued to propel that passion um, from, um, from multiple lenses. So it fueled that passion when there would be moments of empowerment, it fueled the passion when I would see um, things that would disrupt that flow and that beauty of birth and how I could better be a protective force (laughs) for the birthing person to still take a birth that may be traumatic and um, be able to help heal in some ways um, and still find moments of empowerment even during a potentially more traumatic birth Mm. Um, and then my third kiddo (laughs) was um, actually I feel like birthed out of this passion (laughs) for birth because he was conceived like out of sleep deprivation and high from having just come off of a very long birth Wow! (laughs) and was a total surprise but clearly like it's it's become very clear that he was very much supposed to be a part of my story and our family story and um, he took everything I thought of power in birth and just like blew it out of the water like he he was a surprise breach um he just he's always and he continues to (laughs) even at age three just teach me so much about um my resiliency and my power as a birthing person and parent um that I thought I had already learned and was like no there's more in there (laughs) um for you so yeah it's it's been a journey but that's that was kind of, you know, the beginnings of what brought me into doulahood. And then it's interwoven with a lot of social justice work and things that I have become really passionate with that cross over and um, 
all intermingle. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. birth is where it quite literally all begins for mm-hmm. humankind. And so to be able to hold a birthing person and a little human in that path into becoming is such a necessary part of this revolution, this Mm -hmm. new world that many of us, I think, are dreaming up, but are still not obviously seen as the overall uh, vantage point of society. But where can you find hope? Oh my gosh, like in birth, how we Mm -hmm. are birthing, how we are liberating ourselves and the little humans that we birth through that process. And it's wild that, you know, in your circle and my circle, we are talking about this all the time. And still it is considered a radical or crunchy thing, a doula for birth to actually ask for as the birthing person, that support. I need someone to hold me while I do this most insane, beautiful, and potentially traumatic thing of yeah. birthing a human into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it is wild to me that it, it that it had, that it is still not like a, a norm yet. And, and not just in birth, you know, going beyond that too. You know, I had a postpartum mm-hmm. doula after my third and I just, like, how does everybody survive without this? <laughs> Multiple children. It just, it's such a gift. Um, and that feeling of being held and um, supported. And I've learned through as a doula too, that it's oftentimes my role, yes, is to hold this space and to hold the birthing person. Um, but I'm also supporting the other supportive people there. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful connective role. So I think they're, they're ten, I've run into this many times that often if I'm supporting someone who has a partner or has a someone significant in their life who is planning to be that support role for them, there's this misconception that the doula overrides that. Mm. And it's, it's not, it becomes this beautiful team yeah. that works. Um, and oftentimes it's the ability to give that person a break or the ability to show them, hey, if you support that this birthing person in this way, like hold their hips in this way, use these pressure points, use this type of massage in that way, um, it, it almost even further deeply connects them in the birthing experience um and becomes this dance that we get to all play together (laughs) absolutely I love that reflection because I know that a lot of people feel like oh I would have to choose between my partner and a doula Mm -hmm. and so of course they choose their partner however uh most people who are birthing do not have a partner who has ever traversed that path themselves (laughs) there are are some that, that do and that's probably it's own absolute gift uh, to have in a space Mm -hmm. like that and the ability to have someone step back and read the energy of the room and who's been there before say hey here are some ideas take them or leave them um, and let me be a part of this instead of the 
the the star of the show, right? The doula doesn't come in to take right. over the birth. The doula oh, gosh, comes no. in <laughs> to make sure that the birth can actually flow in the way that yes. the the birthing person partners or people that are a part of the contemplation of how do we want this birth to go so that all of that can be honored to the best of ability right because as you said all of your births like some went like oh my gosh perfectly and some (laughs) were absolutely surprises different and you needed to step back and say okay how do I let this flow through me? And to have someone right. else who can handle the specifics of, you know, even as simple as the music and the mood changes in the room, the mm-hmm. lighting, uh, if food is going to be present, all of that. When you are in labor, at least my experience of being in labor, all of the ideas, all of the list, all of that stuff, whether it can or can't happen, it's out of your mind. You're, you're not thinking about that. You are, you have one focus, which is to be in the, in your body and to allow yourself to continue moving towards birthing a human. And so Mm -hmm. your mind isn't oftentimes thinking about all of the logistics. And, um, you know, for me, you were a piece of a much bigger puzzle, right? It, Mm-hmm. was you and my midwife and my mom and Sarah and mm-hmm. two other friends, midwife's assistant, you were all there. You were all holding different parts of the path. Um, you know, my beautiful friend, Jen, who helped with massage, you and Jen took turns because it can't really like, and it shouldn't, right? We remember this conversation we always have about the village. It can't be just one person who is running a marathon with you towards birth. (laughs) It it needs to be a collaborative effort um, to allow it to be an ecstatic, positive and profound experience for all parties involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the full like spectrum of it too looking at it like one of the things I really enjoyed from science birth with Jen was this kind of passing off that we had and um I know she shared with me a desire to do some like birth work and so it Mm -hmm. felt like almost like a mentoring and then to see you know a full circle with her beautiful growing of her little (laughs) one it's so amazing to watch you know how how we can come together through Cheyenne's birth and then it, that can build. And now she carries that knowledge going into her soon to be her own birth. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's Absolutely. really another one from his birth too. I remember when you're talking about like those little things that, you know, you are focused on birthing this little one and it's all of these little things that the team is working. You know, I remember putting the, um, I don't remember who it was that put it in, but we we all collectively decided that we were going to put the lights inside the birthing pool and then put the liner over. And the, yeah, it just, it created such a, just very, him and his birth. <laughs> you know, it just was that like added touch, right? That is not always going to be thought of unless there is that collective team 
um, coming together to make those special moments happen. Absolutely. And, you know, for each person, the desire to have a doula might be different. Um, For me, I knew that even though I had a midwife that I trusted and that there would be um, you know, friends and family hopefully present at the birth if I was able to have a home birth. I knew that I really wanted someone, uh, for me, what felt necessary was having a doula at the end of the day that had traversed this path themselves before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember for me, the most profound moment and where mm-hmm. I knew like, this is why Ness is my doula. Um, While I was in the birthing tub, I looked at you and it was, you know, when I was crossing the threshold, which uh, Mm -hmm. any birthing person knows that moment that where you might've been really a couple moments prior. And then you hit this point where you're like, oh, wait, I might actually die now. Like this is, I'm, I'm relatively certain, like your brain will tell you like this sensation equals death. Like there's no way uh-huh. that you will survive through this. And in some ways you don't, right? Like that's the moment right. that you genuinely surrender out of your body, out of this whole version that you used to be. And you kind of implode into, uh, a whole new universe being born. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's like the big bang moment is what I think of it in my head where you go from being this like beautiful universe yourself to accepting that it is your time to completely implode or explode or however you want to call it. <laughs> right. and, and like everything that you were is now become stardust, but in its midst, a whole new universe, a whole new galaxy, a whole new system is born, that little human. And guess what? Over the next, you know, year slash millions of years, you re-become your own Mm -hmm. system again. But it's like, you have to literally completely surrender it. And that moment I looked at you and I was like, is this really possible like like does it can you like I I was like looking at you to tell me like like (laughs) like is it possible to survive this amount of of pain this this impossibility of I feel this little human who is in my canal literally twisting right he I could feel him twisting inside of me I could feel my insides ripping apart and I'm like cannot fathom how it would go from there to holding him in my arms in what would actually be like 30 minutes from from that moment that I looked at you and and I wondered that and so while there are genuinely I believe benefits of having a doula that's never given birth or who doesn't have a family themselves i.e they have the energy and the ability to like, you know, really step away and step in, um, which I'm very grateful you were able to even with your family. For me, what ended up being the most important piece of my puzzle of why I needed a doula was I needed to walk with you and like truly see in you the wisdom of every mother that had come before Mm. me and feel like in that moment, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you or not, but 
I closed my eyes after you said, yes, yes, of course it is. Like, and I closed my eyes and I started just imagining and feeling myself that every mother, every birthing person, every wise woman that had come before me and traversed this path already, I just felt myself being held. And I, I prayed, I said, please, like, give me the wisdom that I do not have right now so that I may do this thing that feels impossible for me to do. Yeah. I remember that moment too. It was powerful. It was like our souls were like your soul was asking those questions, responding with all of the generations of birthing people that have come before me before yeah. you and that we've done it yeah. and you will get to the other side of it and be a whole different person because that's really it too you know yes you birth this new soul into the world but you also are birthing a new version of yourself a new person um and I also want to share too in sharing that piece of the birth I remember shortly before then you hit the point that Every person does <laughs> where I have yet to attend a birth or birth myself <laughs> and not have the words, I can't do this, mm-hmm. come out your mouth. And there's something in admitting that. And I remember that. I think that would happen when we were in the bathroom um, <laughs> and you clung to me like, this is, this isn't going to happen. That's like, I can't do this. <laughs> Like it, it is, you're doing it, <laughs> but there is a point you have to hit that wall of, of complete letting go of like, I don't know if I, I can do this. I, I can't that, that sense of doubt. And then to walk through that onto the other side, which is what is so powerful. Um, and that's motherhood, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, this is literally impossible. Like, this is literally right. impossible to do. And yet, somehow, we do it. And yeah. so you have to learn to live with that contradiction. We, you know, and especially the spiritual community, sometimes will have this conversation of don't speak out something unless you are quote manifesting it or whatever and so Mm -hmm. but but that there is such powerful energy in speaking out a fear so that you can let it go the it what the I cannot do this point of birth is not a mantra it's a surrender and it's saying that like this version of me like there is no way that the version of me that I have been can take me next so I have to give it up because I I myself as one being as this current version of me cannot do this so I will need to die and be reborn again Mm. and again and again for the rest of my life to continue (laughs) expanding into a new version that can I cannot Mm -hmm. but I can offer the prayer that I that who I will be in the next moment and yeah that is so liberating too and you know it is birthing can be a liberating experience if you are given the spaciousness to experience that if 
you desire that. If you are, if whatever your, you know, life journey here is benefits from that. And, you know, I have had this conversation and we talked a little bit before we were officially having this conversation around if we were in a room with 10, you know, people that have given birth and that have traversed that path, at least five, if not more, may not have had the gift, the privilege, and the right, right? Because it it should be a right for all of us. Absolutely. um, Of a liberating, empowering, uh, connective birth. And how Mm -hmm. do we start shifting that so that it is a normalized conversation to desire that, to speak it out, and to find the support teams necessary so that you can have that. You know, again, you had an experience multiple times where your birth did not go as planned. You know, a, a, a birth that is premature and, uh, you know, before the due date or a birth that is breached. Both of those are traditionally births in which uh, the choices of the mother are overridden by a doctor or a, you know, a support person who, quote, has the knowledge to and you found ways to stay liberated on those paths. So I want to hear you talk about that because I feel like (laughs) this is the radical permission that people need to know that like they have innate wisdom inside of them that can guide them towards profound birth experiences, no matter the circumstance that happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, some of it, I most definitely have to give credit to my birthing teams. I know that for my oldest, the having, you know, it was a birth in a hospital, which is not where I wanted to give birth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It involved a little bit of Pitocin, which I did not want. Um, And I learned later that my midwife really advocated for me outside Mm -hmm. of my room to give me the space to move the way I felt I needed to move so that I could move my body freely during labor and birth. I could give birth the way I wanted to give birth. Um, Even when the nurses um, were saying, are we sure that that they should give birth this way? I was like on my side, kind of like yogi squat, but on my (laughs) side. My midwife was like, if this is the way their body wants to give birth, this is the way this baby needs to be born. Um, And it was very evident, like, he needed me to be in that position but just the biggest thing well I mean they're 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 two different birth experiences with my what I call my bookends (laughs) (laughs) um but with his particular birth um and this kind of plays actually into one thing I wanted would be remiss to not share about becoming a doula for Cheyenne's birth um and this will show the significance of it, but I have always had in my like meditation journey, um, spiritual journey, I have had an image of a lion come forth. Mm -hmm. Um, 
part of why I have a lion, a mama lion and cubs tattooed on me. Um, and during his birth and prior to that, during meditations, it was this male lion. Um, and that was the image that I saw. I was able to tap into, I was able to create this space and tune everything else around me and tap into that image of this lion that was a strength that I didn't know existed and I could lean into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful piece of it was that in that birth, by the end of it, that lion transformed into the lioness. Mm. And ever since that first birth, it's always been a lioness that I've seen. Um, so that's been beautiful. And with <laughs> to tie that into Cheyenne's journey, um, I remember feeling this like deep pull to pull some cards. And I had shared that with you. Um, and which was really intimidating because you've always pulled cards for me. And I felt like the student <laughs> offering it to you. Um, but I just felt this like really deep calling to and the card that I pulled um, was the strength card. And then the deck that I use most frequently and the one I pulled from, it's an image of a lion. And to me, it was, to me, that was the answer that I needed to do whatever I need to do to be at your birth. Mm. Um, but it's really, yeah, tapping into that deeper resiliency, um, and then with my third birth, it was a lot of learning through what I had observed in attending births as a doula, um, how, and educating myself, um, how to advocate for myself. So in that particular birth, uh, that I feel like was manifested a bit because I have literally talked with one of the midwives that was on my team um, that we had teamed up in, in many births with her as the midwife, me as the doula. And we both nerd out big time on breach birth. That is like our <laughs> topic of things. And we literally maybe a week prior to his birth had been nerding out about it and talking about the diff- there are three different types of breech birth and she was telling me about one they had had at the birth center recently and we were and I feel like he was like oh okay this is what you need to do because you've learned all this stuff and again very serendipitously she was there she happened to be in the birth center and um that was definitely meant to be because she ran over from the other room that she was in, um, to come help. But it was, it was really learning to trust. And I feel this is a big part of motherhood for me, trust that intuitiveness. Um, because during that moment, it was all of the stuff that I have learned. And it was also my body that, so one of the things with breech births is using gravity for, um, in your favor. And, one of the preferred ways to help with the head to get past the pelvis is to get on all fours. And I was in the birthing pool while I birthed like half of his body. (laughs) And we realized when I moved my hand that it was his adorable squishy little butt and not his squishy little head. And (laughs) I don't know how to this day it happened, but I 
got up with half of him birthed out of me, out of the pool, walked to the bed, got on all fours and was able to use gravity to let his head pass through my, my pelvis and my pelvic bone. Wow. Really? Yeah, it was, it was powerful. So to be able to tap into that intuitive nature of like, no, my body knows what it needs to do. It knows what, what position I need to birth in and really leaning into and trusting that. So I think that would probably be the biggest thing that I would say to anyone. It doesn't matter where you birth, if it's in a hospital, if it's in a birth center, if it's in a field, if it's at home, you know, it's trusting that, that your, your body and your baby are communicating in a way that knows exactly which way you need to move, um, what position you need to be in to give birth. And that's something that, that has been around for as long as humans have been around. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Let's take this and put it on the biggest poster because (laughs) everyone, it, it feels like something that you and I know deep in ourselves and yeah. it shocks me how many conversations I have in which people have not allowed themselves to innately know that too. And it's not your and my truth. Like that is a universal truth for yeah. people who, you know, choose and traverse this path of giving birth. They have that incredible intuitive wisdom in themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, the systems that be have done everything they can to, uh, to limit, minimize, and make you question the things that you know to be true and to instead trust exactly. what they are telling you is true. And they are not in right. your body and they are not your baby and your body having that like once in a lifetime dance that each mm-hmm. birth allows, you know, with your three births, exactly. all three very different experiences. Cause you have three very <laughs> different little humans that, yes. that you're raising and birth is in my belief, this profound experience for the, the mother, the birthing person, everyone that's supporting them, but also for the child and for their unique path forward. So we, you know, if we can get out of our own way of what we quote, think it should look like or feel like or anything like that and drop instead into that knowing that allows you to communicate with them in a way that there obviously are no words. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's an intangible thing and it's not even something yeah. you can really coach someone into understanding you simply have to feel it and the gift Mm -hmm. of for me what a doula allows is the space to actually feel it with as few in with as few interruptions as possible because those interruptions take you out of your body and into your head and so then you have to you know in the midst of the surrender of the contractions also surrender back into your heart surrender back into your body surrender back into your knowing so the the less times you have to do that you know is ideal but to know that it is possible to do that even in a birth that is happening sooner than intended in a setting that Mm -hmm. wasn't intended, right? Like so many people, unfortunately, 
end up having a traumatic birth story when that is how the story begins. And so I just bow to you and love (laughs) in every way I can uplifting that, you know, a profound birth can occur in which the, you know, mother, the parent can be absolutely empowered, find their inner lioness and or whatever power animal comes to them, whatever power feeling comes to them. And it doesn't have to like be because it happened exactly the way you. Yes, exactly. And I also want to just name too, that this, this can look so many different ways for people. Um, I know birthing people who have who intuitively know themselves and know that they may need support of certain medical interventions, Mm -hmm. or they may need a different type of birth than looks like X, Y, and Z. Um, And I am here, very here for leaving any sort of shame at the door and embracing that it's that deep knowing of self and knowing what is needed in that moment. There have been some beautiful even you know cesarean stories that I have heard um that have been just as powerful as a birth Mm -hmm. that has happened at home um just as powerful that has of a birth that has happened in the hospital unmedicated just as powerful as a birth that's happened at the birthing center um you know there's so many so many different ways that empowered birth can look like. Yeah, nothing um, makes me more certain that a natural home birth is not for everyone than having <laughs> a natural home birth by itself. Because theoretically, like, it is totally my vibe to do that. And it was, yes. and it was beautiful and profound. And it was the hardest thing I have ever done. Yeah. And I will never, ever question a pregnant person who chooses a different path. I think choice yeah. is the thing that often gets taken mm-hmm. from a pregnant person um, somewhere along the way. And yeah. my prayer is that knowing that there is so much unseen that we cannot control about how that little human is forming and what their needs are. How can the mother, even in an experience that may look totally different than intended, still have some type of choice to be able to drop into and feel empowered? Even simply being able to say, I choose this cesarean instead of being told you Mm -hmm. have to get this or else you and or the baby might die you know there's a lot of fear mongering that happens and fear is is what I have I have learned in motherhood that fear is the thing that takes you the quickest and the furthest from that intuitive knowing and unfortunately again we are coached that fear and intuition look and feel the same and they're so close to each other yet so far you know like Mm -hmm. when you feel it in your body you can absolutely know the difference between this is my truth and this is someone else's truth but in in an experience in which you're being told that there is 
something that you quote have to do there is so much uh, so little time to actually feel that intuitive knowing and drop in so pausing to take a deep breath and remind you that we have so many incredible healing offerings happening at the Harmony Mountain House, nestled in the mountains near the Poconos in New Jersey. If you are somewhere nearby and are looking for a container to be held in, we would so love to see you at any of our upcoming happenings, which include the rest retreat yes an entire weekend designed to help your nervous system relax and rejuvenate a day-long pre-mother's day offering for all of the incredible parents and caretakers out there and the inner child retreat happening to kick off our summertime that will help to bring out the play, the joy, and the fun in your life. I could use all three, and luckily, I will be here for them, but I hope if any of them resonate with you, that you will be too. Check in at www.theharmonymountainhouse.com, and for now, let's get back to this amazing conversation with Ness. I mean, you have a very uh, wild bunch over there. So this is a perfect segue into, (laughs) um, you know, obviously your support at birth is profound. And also you are a great inspiration to me to what it's like to raise little humans in a unique way, um, you know, unschooling and giving them choice themselves, right? Like it's so Mm -hmm to have choice and also once we birth these little humans right it's no longer just about us <laughs> it's, it's actually very exactly. little about us but the part of us <laughs> like that definitely um has to exist is the that we as the adult are um offered we have to make choices sometimes for our little humans that are affecting the way that they see the world and grow up in the world. And I mm-hmm. really appreciate the way that you are uh, navigating the path of being a parent and Aww. introducing your little humans to the world instead of just keeping them from it. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit about <laughs> that, uh, that village, that uh, zoo, that, that family, <laughs> that, that, that beautiful tribe you have over there. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, how much time do we have left? <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot going on over here. Um, yeah. It, so I feel like with birth, you know, there's that shedding that you talked about that that death and rebirth that happens and it's time and time again in parenting. Um, so yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I've got three little ones, two dogs. Uh, we had another foster dog for some time. So we had three dogs at one point in this house. Um, I'm polyamorous. I have four partners. So it's, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on, but, but it's, you know, it takes a village um, 
a big piece for me as I learned and really tapped into that intuitiveness, the thought of putting my kids in school just did not feel right. I wanted, I've always wanted them to be autonomous, free spirits. And um, I learned about unschooling. It worked out really well because my oldest was supposed to be heading into kindergarten when the world shut down (laughs) with the pandemic. So there wasn't really an option because no way would I have put a kindergartner on a screen for kindergarten. (laughs) Um, And it took off from there. Um, Learned that he's quite the neuro spicy kiddo um, and a traditional school setting would not work for him at all. Um, And so we've unschooled, which is essentially letting them learn through life. It's a lot of being out in nature, reconnecting with mother nature. It's a lot of letting them learn at their own pace and tap into that intuitiveness and that internal compass um, a lot more than some, you know, standard of they need to learn X, Y, and Z at this point (laughs) in their life. Um, And it's, in that way, it's been beautiful to step back and watch how it's allowed their passions to emerge and those passions to fuel the learning to happen. Um, And then it's a lot of letting go too, because while I love this, we also want them to be able to have that power of choice, (laughs) as you talked about. So while unschooling is Definitely across the board, my oldest has zero desire to be in a school setting. Um, my middle kiddo, my daughter, um, is quite the social butterfly, as you know, <laughs> and she just wants to be surrounded by people. She is our like hardcore extroverted child and has asked, knows that she has this choice and knows she can use her voice to communicate that and has asked us to um to enter a more traditional school. So she'll likely be starting public school in the fall, which I have, you know, my own feels about, but that's my healing to do, not hers. Um, so that's been, I'm like, how to encapsulate all of this in a short amount of time. But yeah, that's been how I have taken their births and what I've learned from birth and into parenthood um, and learning, learning a lot about myself in the process because I think it's so easy in this and um to put I'm going to say this to put all of ourselves into our children Mm. to the point that we lose ourselves completely and I have learned that being able to give my my children choice and autonomy to be their liberated selves means that there's a letting go that needs to happen. And I have to detach myself from who they are. If that makes sense. Like I have to, I, I have to face who I am and heal my own self so that I can let go of who I may feel they should be mm-hmm. or an image that society feels they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way in doing that by liberating myself and who I am, giving them permission to do the same for themselves. 
Yeah. Um, well, we have to walk the walk, right? As parents, yeah. like there's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I think of it a lot like, um, you know, this word that I often resonate with and, and bring up here um, in harmony is this word of Aini, which is uh, an unseen reciprocity with the world that you can't mm. fake, right? Like it's right. this idea that there, there is no, um, there's no lying to spirit. Like there, you, it's all like all of the unseen, the, the thoughts, the intentions, uh, it's all a part of the journey. And so as a parent, mm -hmm. if you are uh, not in the practice yourself that you are trying to offer to your children, there is this impossibility in the unseen realm for them to truly be able to walk that walk, right? There's Right. Without your liberation, how do you raise liberated children? You yes. can't really coach it from your own internal jail cell, right? right? Otherwise, it's all theory. And unfortunately, I think that's why so many uh, like self-help books and things exist these days, because it's like, mm -hmm. let me read this through but I haven't lived it myself. Let me, yes. let me hear someone else's version of liberation and then try to make it my own. But you are currently finding your own journey of liberation, your own journey of self, your own journey of discovery. And then you will be able to authentically, you know, offer that to your kiddos, which also looks like, hey, your story isn't going to be my story, thankfully, yes. because I'm actually <laughs> living my own story and not yes. projecting it onto you. You get your own. And my job will be, how can I get out of the way so that you mm -hmm. can have your own? And I don't constantly say mine is yours, right? My work yeah. is my work, which I love you reflecting that, you know, about uh, the school system and right, your your stuff with that is your stuff, but you're facing it, which is going to allow each of your children to continue forming as these whole beings that are so unique, each of them mm -hmm. unique from each other, even being raised in, you know, under your roof and with your vantage point. And that's proof positive that this intuitive parenting, not it's like, I, I feel that intuitive parenting could truly work for everyone because it will in yes. and of itself be unique for each and every person, family, exactly. child. And it's not that there is this one way that will work for everyone. Um, again, sometimes in the, uh, you know, more crunchy realms that I love diving into because there's so <laughs> much benefit of this, like, let's do it totally differently mm -hmm. than the current systems that be. They also are like, well, this is the only way. And because right. of the world we live in, you really have to say, like, I actually don't know the, the way. And so just show mm -hmm. me the breadcrumbs, show me the path, and <laughs> let me do the best that I can to not be this parent who says, I have all the answers, but instead be in curiosity alongside yeah. this child and say, let's explore together because maybe neither of us have all the answers and we are creating 
new questions and new answers as we go. Exactly. It's moving beyond the binary. That's been a huge piece of me and in embracing my gender identity and everything. It's helped expand me to see like, oh no, there isn't this binary thinking of like, it's either in the systems or it's outside the systems, just using the school thing again, as an example, it's really looking outside of that, getting curious. There's a whole spectrum here. Like we can take this little piece from here and this little piece from there and we can meld something that is unique and is what is needed for this child and this parent mm-hmm. in this moment. But it's not this like black or white, very binary. It's all or nothing. It's like we, we get to create. That's where the fun happens. <laughs> totally. The same way that yeah. after, you know, co-creating a human, they come out and they're like their full own being like that that's the reality of all of life and it's Uh weird because we can look at other adults and see you know if if our hearts allow it see like wow like I am surrounded by so many totally unique beings who each have their own spectrum of identity self passion literally everything right I when Mm -hmm. I when I think of like creating a human I imagine like if it's if we are all in like a simulation it's almost like in the sims when you create like you choose what part of the spectrum of like how happy is this part like how, how does this person <laughs> see the world a little more pragmatically or a little more dreaming dreamy oh how do they learn oh and it's like you just drag this spectrum line somewhere and there's like a billion choices within each spectrum line, each and of itself. And then there's a thousand different things that has that line drawn. So each of us has, even if we have the same tendencies as another, we have this one similar tendency, but the rest of the the, the part of the creation is going to be unique and different. So there's this complete necessity, which... It, again, baffles me that this isn't the norm, but I love that there are people out there exploring this, that each person has their own way, their way that they'll be birthed, their way that they will uh, interact with the world as an infant, as a toddler, that they mm-hmm. will desire being like exp- experiencing education, that they will, you know, carry with them for their entire existence. And how do we welcome it from the first moment, which is the birth, but then continue again and again to flex the muscle of surrender of, I don't have the answer. All I Mm -hmm. can do is be in the contemplation of co-creating something that has never existed before because this human and me as who I am as a parent today have never uniquely existed even if there are other people I could look at to inspiration, mm-hmm. they're still not us. They're still not our way. Right. So it's an endless buffet of parenting <laughs> choices, birthing choices, like, oh my goodness. Um. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. So many options. <laughs> well, I feel so endlessly grateful again to always have you know, you to look to for inspiration along my own journey of becoming a parent and my, the gift, the gift of having you as a doula um, in Cheyenne's birth, because as much as again, and this is 
the the truth of like what I wanted versus what I needed right Mm -hmm. at first when Mm -hmm. I was contemplating a doula all I wanted I was like I want birth to be a ritual I want birth to be a ceremony and that was the most important thing to me and initially I found a doula that that would be the the path right that's what my brain that's what my thinking brain and my maiden self was like this is this is what I want and need for my path forward and Mm -hmm. again like spirit intervened uh that situation shifted and at first I was like oh my gosh I'm what three weeks away from my birth and I don't have a doula locked in any longer because uh this just changed drastically and quickly and yet your voice came into the back of my head because we had had a conversation months prior where you were like listen like I I'm feeling called to be a part of your birth team and when you said that I already had this initial doula this initial vision in place and then you know you spoke that out and we got on that call and had and pulled some tarot (laughs) and it felt so profound that the ritual and the ceremony was going to be a part of the birth no matter what, right? Even if we weren't uh, burning incense the entire time or playing a shamanic drum, that that birth itself is like you create the ritual of your birth in every every choice that you hopefully make and in every uh, surrender into what, what actually is. It's like, so it was a big... Uh, acceptance of my maiden self wants things to look and feel this way but my mother self knows that being held is going to be the most important piece of this and so how do I allow myself to feel into where I will be held and I knew that with you Ness that I I would be. I've always felt seen and held by you in our friendship over the years. And even in times that we've only had small interactions, they've been deep and meaningful. So I was like, wow, this is how it was always meant to be. And it came together in perfect divine timing. I mean, I want to It really did. Yeah, honor that you had a hair appointment schedule and that you were so excited about right getting uh this this rainbow dye job and you were telling me about it and I was like cool cool yeah so I mean and at that point I had no idea that my labor was about to begin and and then I had to text you and be like so it's actually happening now and then, but like, the timing worked in... so beautifully yeah. too. I mean, I just, I remember I had just finished teaching my yoga class on that Monday night and I was like, all right, I already had my bag packed, you know, that as you do as a doula to be like, I'm just going to toss it in the car and put on that good playlist as I make my way up to you. <laughs> and I blinked and you were here and I was shocked. I was like, wait, like, <laughs> I, like I'm like, I, I, because I really kept not being aware right you never know how quickly or slowly your labor is going to progress and again only looking back do I know that I was 
having like precipitous labor for days that I thought were Braxton Hicks contractions, but that <laughs> were actually early, you know, labor in my body that I was right. unfortunately like gaslighting myself out of. I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't be dramatic, Eliza. This can't be the real thing, right? Like there's no way that on your actual quote due date, this is happening. And it turns out it was, and you were there. And I just want to end this time yet again, just deeply bowing to you as a doula and as a space holder for this world. Everything that you uh, touch in this world is so lucky as a result of it and is so blessed. Um, the way you see the world is so unique. It's non-binary quite literally and to birth a world in which the binary is no longer the only way is such a gift to do alongside you so um just thank you you so much for everything that you are and for knowing yourself uh in this journey of becoming so that you can hold others in theirs um and and you're still you're this testament to it's going to always keep changing. You are going to always have new discoveries and these kiddos are going to reflect things to us that Mm -hmm. inspire new versions of us. And also uh, the, it's just, it's, it's all interconnected in such a divine way in which I witness you as doing that dance beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you. It's such a huge honor coming from you. <laughs> um, and yeah. I want to close this out with, um, you know, someday again, Cheyenne, hopefully listening back to this and, um, you know, hearing and probably just feeling so blessed that a human like you was at his birth and the start of his becoming. Um, mm-hmm. But a reflection of the first time that you met him, which obviously was at his birth (laughs) and just in witnessing his becoming so far, um, a reflection to him that he will be able to uh, come back to and receive his medicine in perfect timing. Yeah, just he, uh, he's just this bright light. I, that's how I see him in this world. And it is a gift to have been a part of that where he took his first breath and um, his whole essence just radiates. Um, And it's something that this world needs more of. And he is, I just see him continually bringing people together. And that's something that is such an innate gift to him. Mm. Um, Wow. So, yeah, I love you, Shai. (laughs) (laughs) And we love you so much. Um, Thank you for taking this time. Again, I know we could continue talking about all of the things for so long, but with us both being mamas, this is such a short, sweet little taste. And, of course, um, I will share your info um, if you're good with that, um, in yeah. the yeah. show notes so that if someone feels so called to inquire to you about 
doula services that they'll know where to find you because I cannot recommend enough um, you know <laughs> that that um, having Ness be a part of the birth plan process, the birthing process or postpartum process. There was wisdom that you shared in all of those places that um, mm-hmm. I that have helped me develop who I am as a mother today. So just thank you for that. I love you deeply. I love your family. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I guess for now we will say, and so it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Eliza. Love you. amazing, right? What did I tell you? (laughs) So I know that the conversation around birth and all of the ways that birth can look might bring up something for you, especially if your birth process did not look or feel as empowering as Ness and I described. And I just want to say that those feelings are so valid and We all need to and deserve to talk about our experiences because you are worthy of having a profound experience of birth and a profound healing experience after your birthing process, especially if it didn't go as planned. And the conversations around doulas are meant to be an uplifting conversation that helps everyone know you are worthy of being advocated for. You are worthy of finding choice and peace in birth, even and especially if it doesn't go to plan because it very rarely does. And these experiences can happen before, during, or after. We can have that support now even years after we give birth. And there are people out there that are willing and ready and able to hold you in your healing, whether it be before you give birth, while you're giving birth, or even years after. So I wanted to offer that up at the end of this conversation because I know that for me, this is such an uplifting uh, conversation to have. And I also know so intimately that that is not everyone's experience. So if that's not yours, I am holding you, witnessing you, loving you. And also, I hope that this conversation gives you hope of what is possible. Okay, I love you all so much.